0: Welcome to In Focus, a discussion
1: of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of In Focus, a podcast from the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Strau. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. It is Monday, November second, as we record this. Uh, We're going to start off with Emily, who has some news about charter schools.
0: Yes. Over the past few weeks, we've had three more requests uh, for the Supreme Court to reconsider its ruling that the uh, Charter Schools Act is unconstitutional. Uh, First was from the Washington State Charter Schools Association. And they basically argued that um, the plaintiff's could, didn't show that there exists a set of circumstances under which the act could be constitutionally applied. So they're arguing that the court basically changed um, who bore the burden of proof in the case. They put it on the state rather than the plaintiffs. Uh, then the, there was a, a reconsideration uh, motion made by a group of 10 legislators from both sides of the aisle, and they argued more from a separation of powers um, stance. They said that the court overlooks the responsibility of the legislature under the Constitution to make appropriations and to organize the public school system. But um, even even so, they said they specifically point to the to the fact that in the 2015-17 operating budget, the legislature specifically said that no um, fund, no common school funds were to be used for the charter schools. They were going to be funded from separate money. Um, and in the, the court's majority opinion, they just kind of waved that away in a footnote, and they said that it didn't matter because it didn't apply from... Um, uh, it only pr- applied prospectively, which is kind of... It it, seems, it seemed bizarre to me at the time. It, it really, uh, was. Yeah, I'm
1: not anything approaching a lawyer. Right, that seemed me bizarre to me yeah. too.
0: Um, so anyway, so that's the legislature's argument essentially. And then, lastly, the four uh, living former attorneys general in the state also filed an amicus brief um, asking for reconsideration, not on the merits of charter schools at all, um, but. Uh, merely based on the potential unintended consequences of the of the reasoning of the majority's opinion, basically they say that the opinion can be subdu- summed up um, by saying that one, um, the general fund contains funds con- constitutionally dedicated to common schools; two, the law requires that charter schools be funded from the general fund; uh, and three, therefore, the charter school law violates violates the Constitution. So, I mean, they they show in their their brief that you could change that into any number of different programs. Mm -hmm. You could say the general fund contains funds constitutionally dedicated to common schools to the law requires that running start be funded from the general fund. Therefore, running start violates constitution. And you could take that to any non-school program as well. Anything that's funded by the general fund could potentially um, be unconstitutional under this logic. Uh, So that's their reasoning.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so there are a number, of the Supreme Court has a number of different options if it does decide to, or it has another, there've been a number of different arguments made that it should reconsider whether or not it will, uh, remains to be seen. But this non-lawyer thinks there are a lot of good, good reasons to at least make a change to their reasoning, if not mm-hmm. the underlying, who knows? Yeah. You have to but wonder,
1: if, I mean... Especially having the four attorneys general, right, um, come out and issue what seemed like a pretty devastating critique, yeah, of the initial ruling, you have to wonder if that doesn't carry some weight and maybe give them pause yeah. and say, "Whoa, what did we yeah. do here?"
0: Yeah, and that's in addition too to the current attorney yeah, yeah, the general current who. Attorney general. Um, who Uh, put in his reconsideration motion uh, in September. Yeah. So that's been on the books for a while, but yeah, it's pretty unanimous at Mm -hmm. this point. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, again, we'll just have to, we're waiting and seeing on a lot of uh, various Supreme Court actions. So, Um, and as we know, uh, members of the legislature are working on legislation to respond to the ruling should it, stay intact and to keep charter schools afloat with public funding so okay up next uh thank you emily for that update up next is chris who has some new economic numbers for us
2: yes the um um, last week the um uh staff of the um economic and revenue forecast council uh these are the uh, folks who provide us with the quarterly forecast of state revenues, um, released the preliminary November economic forecast for the state. Um, the, uh, to, to step back, the, uh, um, the Forecast Council... Um, issues actually two forecasts each quarter. First, an economic forecast, uh, and upon built upon the economic forecast, they also then uh, prepare and release a revenue forecast for the state. Um, so, this is the preliminary version of the November uh... economic forecast it's released uh... discussed widely uh... and then ultimately will uh, a version of this will be adopted and then used uh... to uh... prepare the re- the upcoming revenue forecast um, this uh... the November preliminary economic forecast will be discussed on Wednesday at a meeting of the forecast council. Um, uh, they then will approve either approve this or or make suggestions how it should be modified and then the economic forecast will be used to as a basis for the revenue forecast which will be issued on November 18th. Um, the new forecast uh, ver- varies only slightly from the, the um, economic forecast that was a last economic forecast, which was approved in in um, uh, September. Uh, the big thing I've noted there there it's been some downward adjustment in the forecast for construction, uh, construction employment, particularly, um, offset somewhat by an increase in the uh, uh, forecast of uh, employment in manufacturing um this not not clear whether the the changes here are enough to to make much difference for the new revenue forecast uh but that we'll see how that comes out
1: okay and interesting that new revenue or yeah the new revenue forecast will come out right before the state legislature comes back into olympia for their committee assembly days yep And And this one, plenty to talk about.
2: This November revenue forecast. The importance of that is it's it's um, it's the forecast that the governor will see will use when preparing um, um, his uh, supplemental budget recommendations, um, which then kind of land on the doorstep of the legislature when they come back in in January. Um, there's a the next forecast after the November one will be prepared in February, and that February forecast will be the the forecast that the legislature actually uses in uh, in crafting uh, its supplemental budget,
0: which is earlier than previous years, right? Uh, is this the one that
2: they moved up uh, or, this, or back. Uh, this is actually the same timing we've always had for the short uh sessions the ones in even numbered years where you're writing supplemental budgets typically it's been that the 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 in um supplemental budget years there's a forecast in february and then in full budget years there's a forecast in march where we have the longer sessions um last year they moved the um last session for last session they moved what would have been a march forecast forward to february um thinking that that might help them get out early. (laughs) It worked so well this year, didn't it? Yes, it did.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, Chris, thank you for that report. You're Um, welcome. And I'm just going to close out this episode um, with some news that came out last week. Uh, Governor Inslee announced the establishment of a life science and global health advisory council. Um, which will be co-chaired by Chris Rivera, who's president of the Washington Biotechnology and Biomedical Association, and Lisa Cohen, the executive director of the Washington Global Health Alliance. Um, as the Puget Sound Business Journal reported, over the past 18 months, the uh, State Department of Commerce has studied um, best practices nationwide for supporting uh, the life sciences industry. And... Um, And the results they had weren't very good for Washington state. Our state isn't terribly competitive. Uh, Between 2003 and 2013, life science jobs increased in our state by only 2.6%. In California, by contrast, uh, they went up 18.25%. In Massachusetts, 15.2%. In Texas, 15.6%. And in North Carolina, 19.7%. Washington has the fewest incentives for life sciences of those states, uh, only two. While other states, the Puget Sound Business Journal reported, have six or seven. Um, and of course, as we know, the R and D tax credit died this year, and uh, as did the what was it, Life Science Discovery Fund, as well. Um, Also, of note, the governor uh, said uh, that he would like to look at permitting and zoning issues um, to help find more real estate for the life sciences industry. So, it sounds like he's um, really tackling this issue. And, Chris, you were actually at the governor's uh, annual life science. Event. Yes,
2: yes, over at the at Maidenbauer Center mm-hmm. over in Bo in uh, Bellevue. Um, I say that uh, the governor actually put on a pretty good show there. Um, mm-hmm. Quite impressive in his uh, in his mastery of the facts of life sciences. Uh, it was at, it was the last of these uh, summits uh, for uh, Chris Rivera, mm-hmm. as president uh, and CEO of the of uh, uh, the Washington Bio. Technology and Biomedical Association. He's had a very nice run there, and you and most have. of it was most of the a lot of the meeting was devoted to, uh, to kind of the um, we'll, we'll call Chris Fest, uh, a love fest for Chris. Uh, done wonderful, wonderful work there, and is, has kind of repositioned the uh, the association. Uh, seems to have greatly expanded the level of services that mm-hmm. the association is providing to uh, its member companies. Um, Looks like he will be staying around here and probably be working in the private sector.
1: All right. Well, we wish him well. And uh, we wish you listeners well as as well. Uh, This will conclude our In Focus podcast for this week, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: In Focus
0: is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality, and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.